It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. Toward the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester back with you. We are, let's just see, five games into uh, the post-All-Star break part of the season. It's been uh, a wild one for the Yankees, I guess you could say. We've got more questions about their ability to beat the Astros should they play in the playoffs. We've got questions about the bullpen after Michael King's injury. We've got questions about John Carlos Stanton as he's doing some going through some load management right now. Questions about Tyone after he got knocked around again. Um, so we'll be tackling all that right now. Make sure you uh, rate review and that you're subscribed for uh, more talks with Sean and I after every Yankee series, but Sean, this was a weird one, I guess you could say. I mean, they they take the series on the road against a much improved Baltimore team, so that's good. But you've also got, I feel like, plenty of questions that you're coming away with. Tyone does not look like he's improving, and in fact, now his control seems to be slipping a little. He walked three batters, and that was his. I mean, that was one of the brightest parts of of his repertoire earlier in the season. Then we've got. You know, on the good side, you've got Judge swinging the bat like he was at his hottest points during this season. Now he's on pace to to pass Roger Maris, so you have that excitement. And then you've got Michael King done for the year. That's a, a devastating blow. So just a lot, a lot of up and down this weekend. Yeah, it's one of those one of those games where, or one of those series, excuse me, where even though you come away winning two out of three on the road and against the team that's not a pushover anymore. You want to feel good about it, but it's hard to because, I mean, the game they lost was a, a really tough loss to stomach because you also, and, and, you know, and you have the King injury and, and you can't help but think with the King injury that, you know, he, he shouldn't have even been in that game. And that's just another piece of, of problems that came out of this, this series is that Chapman still looks terrible. And I mean, you know, w- whether it's, it's Tyone only giving you two and two thirds and like, you, he's like devolving. He's actually getting worse. Like you were hoping, I was hoping anyway, like what we saw with Nestor where Nestor, his last two starts has looked fantastic. Um, you were hoping Tyone would get back to it, but now he's, he's looking even worse than he was before. Um, and then that same thing can be said about Chapman. Chapman's also not, not doing great. Um, so, you know, definitely a, a lot of concerns and the Michael King move just further um, underscores the need for the Yankees to add some bullpen depth here at, at the trade deadline. And I honestly think with the way the way things are going, Chap, uh, Cashman needs to make a move sooner rather than later, because not only are you losing King, but I'm sorry, you, you cannot rely on a, a this Chapman anymore. He doesn't you don't even need to keep him on the roster if, if this keeps up. I'm not saying drop him right now, but. I mean, you know, uh, if you're going into a postseason series, do you really even want him on the roster at this point? I, I don't. I, and, I honestly don't even think it should be much of a discussion at yeah. this point. Even even if you see Chapman, you know, I, I think it's fair to say there's no expectation that he can 
end this season looking like he did at the beginning of last season when he was on that historic pace of dominance. I, I don't think that's realistic. But if you even said that from now until the end of the season, that Chapman was better, you know, putting up like, you know, a Chad Greenish where he gets a bunch of good shutdown innings, but then at the same time, he also has his periodic meltdown innings. I still don't think even then that you can justify having him pitch an inning of any action in October just because of how terrible he's been. And this is not just this season. This has been since, you know, a lot of people are kind of using last year's uh, substance crackdown by MLB to illustrate how bad Chapman's been since, you know, quote unquote, sticky stuff was banned. But this has been before that since June 1st of last season, Chapman is in the bottom 10 of war ERA FIP walk rate, all of those he's in the bottom 10. And in several of those, I think, I believe it's um, ERA and war. He's in the bottom three or four in the entire league of relievers who have thrown at least 50 innings. So this is before the substance crackdown. So I, I don't think that's a realistic, you know, benchmark to point to. And oh, just as soon as they got rid of Spider Tack, Chapman imploded. No, this has been going on since before that. And he has literally been one of the worst relievers in baseball. And, you know, it, it sucks having to hear Boone after Chapman giving up the home run to Santander talk about, oh, you know, his first eight pitches were strikes. He flashed the 101-mile-an-hour sinker so that we know the stuff is there. Great, the stuff is there, but he also can't locate it. He's also much more human than he than he used to be. I mean, his his average fastball velocity was always in the top three or four since coming to the Yankees, and I believe this season it's something like 20th. So he's just average now in terms of his stuff and then put on a top of that that he can't locate any of it. It's uh, a recipe for disaster. And what happened when he came in on Friday? The absolute biggest disaster you can come up with is where a blowout turns into a close game. So you have to bring in your high leverage guys. And he fractures his elbow on a pitch and you lose a guy in Michael King who was tied with Clay Holmes for the highest war on the team in the bullpen. So he's been just as valuable as Clay Holmes. And now you just lost him for the season. I mean, that's that's a backbreaker. And potentially next year, too. If he needs Tommy John, he's he's going to miss next year, too. And they're not sure yet. They're going to find out when they do the surgery. It's it's horrible. I, I, I'm done with Chapman. I'm I would I would be more worried about getting Loisica built back up at this point, because I think that's at least still still a project you can you can maybe look to to get going. But um, yeah, I, I you know, and, and we have not podcasted since the Houston series. The first game. You know, the, the the bats just weren't getting going and they were lucky to tie the game and they they were unlucky the way they lost the game. It's, you know, it's it's a weird game. Dude, I, I forgot how much I just hate watching Domingo Herman pitch, but I remembered pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm look, Sears pitched three innings. I know he gave up two runs, but he there was an error and then he gave up a home run. And that was the only base runner he allowed was was the home run. So it really should have been a solo shot. I'd rather have him. Clark Schmidt looked great today. I, Clark Schmidt, like, give me anybody else. The Ramon just brings the vibes down, man. I, and and so does Chapman. I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel I feel more down right now just because of some of the guys we've got on this roster. Like, I'm kind of getting tired of looking at you, Faze. Like, I'm I'm in that <laughs> with, with Chapman. I'm tired of looking at Domingo Herman. Tired of looking at Joey Gallo. I know he hit a home run the other night, but um, you know he he looked terrible again today. And um, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kind of getting fed up, but well, you know, I, I I'm really excited for the trade deadline. Cause I do think that they're going to make some moves. They have, they're getting a, a historic season out of, out of judge. They need more outfielders they can rely on. So Stan's loads can get managed and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go from there, but um, yeah, not really a satisfying series win. And obviously coming out of the all-star break with the sweep was super frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about Houston and the challenge they face. I don't think we necessarily learned anything new in that game against Houston, except that if the Yankees don't figure out how to hit in Houston, they're going to get bounced again. And you know what? Um, I, I, I can't like the answer he gave on the Chapman stuff. I'm talking about Aaron Boone was extremely frustrating, but I really liked what Boone said after the, the Houston series where he, he said, look, we, we took four out of six from them last year, but it didn't matter. We have to beat them in October. October is what matters. And that is true. If the, if the Yankees had, you know, took take went six and zero against the Astros this year, but then lost in the playoffs, it, it would have meant nothing. The Yankees need to beat them in the postseason. Even if they avoid them and win the World Series, I'll be super happy. But the way these things go, they're probably going to have to go through the Astros to, to get where they want to go. And that's when they're going to have to be ready. And there's there's still a lot of runway before that happens. And the Yankees have a chance to overtake them at the deadline. And, and it got more difficult with the King injury. And it's got more difficult with some of the guys that haven't gotten rolling, like your Josh Donaldson's, like your Joey Gallows, like your Loisigas and, and like your Chapmans, but the Yankees are going to need to make up for that if they want to get by the Astros finally in October. Yeah, and I like like you said that that was a that was a great answer by Boone. And if anything, if this you know doubleheader against Houston, if this season series as a whole against Houston is what it took for you know, and I'm sure Cashman already felt this way that they have to capitalize on a historic season and add at the deadline. But if that gave them any extra motivation to go a little harder at the deadline and be willing to part with another prospect or two to, to get a bigger upgrade. So they feel they are as equipped to take down the Astros as possible. Then, then great. I'll look, I'll look back at that doubleheader sweep and be super happy about it because if that was the wake up call they needed to be, more aggressive and I already believe that they're going to be aggressive but just maybe maybe just a little bit more than than I'm than I'm totally fine with it because again I, I it's it was hard to come away from that doubleheader surprised I mean there was another hard-fought game in game one and then and then you have Herman on the mound and you're like well this is this is done because and they still made it a game in the ninth inning yeah exactly you had the home run by yeah. judge he makes it a, he makes it a game but I, I mean to echo what you said about guys like Chapman and Herman, I feel like I've been at that point for even since before Herman was hurt. So the la- whatever the last time was that he pitched, I I wish that had been the last time, but it wasn't. And then with Chapman, I mean, this has been going on since what, Altuve in 2019, Brasso in 2020, and like it it's been a, it's been a long time that I've been pretty pretty fed up with with watching those two pitch. And like you said, give me Sears, give, give me Marinaccio when he's healthy, just anybody else. But Herman is inspires no confidence in me that he would be able to keep an offense like, um, like the Astros at bay. And it's at a point where you have to actually make a decision regarding Herman. Cause normally he would have no part in this rotation, but you have Severino on the men. So they, they are going to need to fill, fill some starts. So I'm just hoping it's anybody but him. 
Castillo would be nice. Yeah, that'd be a nice, yeah, that'd be a, a nice replacement. John Sterling said that if the Yankees get Castillo or um this was on the radio today, Castillo or Soto, he would personally drive to the airport. And he said not only would he drive them to Yankee Stadium, he'd give them a piggyback ride if they wanted. So I'm hoping they get one of those guys and they demand that because Sterling said it on the air today, which was very good radio. I love John and Susan. Yeah, no, they're great. But hell, if they got both, then I, I'd, I'd join John and I'd piggyback the other one, whatever it took. But yes, absolutely. Give me. Did you see, Um, speaking of Soto, did you see Ken Rosenthal's report? I think it was on Saturday on the um, on the Fox broadcast. He said that what he's heard from multiple teams is that the Nationals are asking for four or five um, big chips in a trade for Juan Soto, meaning four or five players. That's a combination of either established young talent and high level prospects. Mm-hmm. And I heard that and I was like, I would do that. That's fair. <laughs> I, I think that's going to hurt, but it's fair. Like it's, it's got to hurt a little bit, you know, for yeah, a guy like that trading for a superstar who you'd have for three pennant chases in yeah. the next three years, then yeah, it should hurt. But who do you what, think on the Yankees fits that mold? Obviously, there's Volpe. He's kind of close. Maybe they'd go after Dominguez, even though he's low. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have Peraza, too. Um, mm-hmm. You have, I don't know, maybe they but, would want Austin Wells, for like a promising yeah. catching prospect. But the Yankees have some. some but who who on the, that's already established in the major leagues could they want? I don't think they want Torres in that deal. I mean, he's kind of too close to the to the end of his arbitration years. Yeah, not only that, but you could argue that the Nationals might be like, well, if we're getting a Volpe-Peraza combination, then what would we do with Torres anyway if they all play similar positions? So that's a good true, question. True. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe it really is Matt Carpenter for Juan Soto. Yeah. It's one for one. <laughs> oh, that one, that one would hurt more. Yeah. Can't get rid of Carpenter at this point. Going to need him against the Astros. Yeah, I like how even like you're like, oh, he's having a quiet day, and then he, you know, ropes ropes a single through the hole there, winds up scoring a run. But he's the man. He's the Carpenter is the man, and and like that's the thing too. Like there's there's really some negativity now that I think you can't deny. Um, You know, going around, and and we should be focusing on like Carpenter hit another home run the other night. Judge hit two, and then he hit another bomb today. That was a shot, man. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. that's, this cool. is what we, this is what we should be feeling good about. But when you got, you know, Chapman and Domingo, her mom pooping in the bed, who pooped the bed. <laughs> that's a classic, uh, classic, always sunny, classic, always sunny episode. It's, and it's also, hard. and also the Yankees are, I think Trevino's getting back on track. What was he? Four, four, four today. today? Yeah. He's he's getting back on track. Another big hit by LeMayhew. He's got his OPS poking back over 800 now. Judge is back over 1,000 with his monster stretch since the uh, last two games of the of the Red Sox series. Torres is above 800 again after a multi-hit day. Like the Yankees, man, that, that one through five of LeMayhew, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Carpenter, and then you throw in Stanton again when he's healthy, that's, that's a – that's a dynamic lineup and Hicks, another multi-hit day. He's got his OPS over 700 now. So he's on, uh, he's on the way back up. I'm I'm on the Hicks train right now. I'm, I'm, I'm locked and loaded on now. I'm buying yeah. Aaron Hicks stock. I, I would too, just as much as I'm, I'm selling Joey Gallo. I mean, I, I just got done writing an article for work yesterday about how this has easily been Joey Gallo's best month of the season. And it has been, he's, 
he had an OPS plus or a WRC plus of 135 heading into Saturday's game after he hit the home run on Friday night. And, you know, then obviously today's over four with two strikeouts. So I was really more writing it under the premise of, Hey, Joey Gallo is having his best, best month might be a great time to, to trade him, you know, yeah, but gonna, I don't know who's going to want him. No, there, there is somebody, there is somebody that will be convinced that he will benefit from a, a change of, of scenery situation and, and take him off the Yankees hands. You're probably not going to get much at all of anything in return. That's fine. But I don't know. Try to try to swing them. Try to swing them to somebody in, in a pirates type deal and get a no name reliever who out of nowhere starts dominating to fill the void of King and and go from there. But but we should we should talk about King a little more just because this it's uh, tragic. Means, yeah, this is a huge huge loss. I mean, and just a couple of really deflating bullpen injuries this season. Like Chad Green, say what you want about him, he does have his meltdown innings, but. He's been one of the most valuable relievers in baseball who's finally getting set up to get paid in his free agent season. And then now, boom, he's done for the year and probably more. Now you have King, who's having a career year. Third in the AL in, in war was, you know, he also had, he also was your best bet to give you multiple innings out of the bullpen and multiple strong innings out of the bullpen to bridge that gap between the, the rotation and clay Holmes, and now he's gone for the season it's just it sucks i mean this is a guy that should, should have been an all-star and he yeah and now he's now he's done for the year that's going to be a huge huge void that the yankees have to fill and what's even more concerning is who could be getting more innings in his place and that then you look at guys like chapman and lois ago yeah i'm i mean it's it's a huge loss you can't understate it i feel terrible for king um and yeah, I mean, look, if you watch like almost every Yankee game like we watch, you appreciate it, Chad Green. I know there's a lot of Yankee fans out here that were like kind of down on, on Green, but you know what he did for the team if you watched every game. You know, he wasn't Clay Holmes-like for his entire tenure, but he gave us a lot of really good moments, a lot of really good outings. But the the King injury is a backbreaker, in my, in my opinion, and and they need to find a way to get up off the map from that in terms of like what they can do with the bullpen. You got a lot of guys there that, you know, can get hot. Like I feel like Litke goes on these runs where he's good. Wandy goes on these runs where he's good. Um, and then, you know, the, the Castro injury really hurt has hurt the bullpen too. Cause he was throwing the ball really well. He's control had improved. He was, he was pitching well. So now, I mean, who do you trust out there really? Like that isn't named clay Holmes, you know, like for a long period, for a long haul, like, I, you know, there's, there's weeks and months where you're like, I'm, I'm feeling good about Wandy entering right now. Or I know, I know Litke is going to help keep this game close. Like, but there's not really that guy. I I, I, th- I know it's like silly, but go out and get David Robertson back. He's, it'd be a nice story. And, you know, you know, he can pitch in New York and you know, he elevates his game. So yeah, well, he's, he's, he's a good link to kind of the, uh, the hope shot or the silver lining in all of this is that, you know, you have recent history to show that the Yankees can make a trade where they change the landscape of their bullpen with one single move. Just look back Mm -hmm. to 2017, you get David Robertson and Tommy Canely in one trade and they both, I mean, the Yankees don't get out of the wild card game without those two guys. And then I think back to 2017, because you're mentioning who would you trust in high leverage spots out of the bullpen right now? 
you know, Wandy and Castro and Licky are solid, but I would not be feeling much sense of calm in a late and close game with them on the mound. It really only be homes at this point. But you think back to 2017, you give me Robertson, Green, Canely, or even Chapman at that point because he was pitching so well. You give me any of those four guys in the 2017 postseason when they were on the mound, I was feeling pretty confident that the game was over. So that, yeah, the Yankees could make a trade to, to change this whole landscape. That move, you know, the whole time in 2017, we were saying starter, starter, starter. And then they got Sonny Gray and we were like, okay, that's cool. Would rather have Verlander, but that that move, the move for Canley and Frazier and and D Rob was the move that got the Yankees to Game Seven of the ALCS. If you go back and watch the postseason, it's clear as day they were they were great. And um, you know you you, you got to kind of hope for lightning to strike twice here. There's other ways to improve the team, but I mean they have to address the bullpen because you can't you know you can't pitch Clay Holmes two innings every night and then find someone random to pitch the seventh. Like it's it's got to. It's got to improve. And, uh, you know, you got, look, go get, get D-Rob. We got Shane Green back in the fold. <laughs> when we would get Jeter to come out of retirement, play his last year. <laughs> it's like 2014 again. 2014 squad back together. I got, I got to go look at the baseball reference. I know we saw Shane Green throw like seven shutout innings in Camden Yards, and I want to see if D-Rob pitched in that game too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that the listeners care about our experience at Camden Yards eight years ago, but. All right. Um, real quick, what's your uh, Stanton concern level? Now they're talking about that he should be ready to go Tuesday. I personally don't really have much concern. We saw this with Judge last year. We saw it briefly with Judge this year too. Boone, it takes extra special care of these two because of their injury histories, their size, their makeup. So when they're feeling tightness, it makes sense to just give them a few days off and then Help them, help them refresh and, and avoid those injuries. So, uh, but what about you? I, I think Judge and Stanton are similar, but they're also like sort of mirrors of each other. You know, one of them's a high ball hitter. The other is a low ball hitter and just kind of like the way they approach their at-bats. But um, I think Stanton does a great job of making sure he's in the lineup a lot when Judge is out. Like I think Stanton pushes through things more. Judge needed that rest before the All-Star break. And now maybe Stanton had pushed himself a lot, played in the all-star game. Now maybe he just needs the rest. That's the, that's the way I'm looking at it. Is it's kind of like just the other end. The, you're kind of paying for – Stanton's just paying a little bit for maybe stretching himself a little too thin before the all-star game. He's going to get his rest. We, there's there's nothing physically that's – that's we're, you know, we're getting any MRIs for, so we're, we're good. I, I'm okay with it. Get out ahead of it. It's it's 101 degrees outside. Let's not play on dehydrated legs and, and really screw something up here. Agreed. Any anything else you want to touch on about this previous few games before we uh, let's before we look let's ahead? put it behind us and let's get fired up for the Subway Series, baby. That, that's all I got to say. <laughs> 